we've got some dead externals to match my dead internals. Get it? Because I'm dead inside. Man, that's a morbid opening. Welcome to episode 17 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's December 2017, so we'll be discussing some comics and news from November 2017. I'm your host, Patty, and with me, as always, is my internal existential dread, Jonathan! Yay! We've been diehard fans of the X-Men for almost our entire lives, and we're bringing you our unfiltered thoughts about what's happening with mutants, whether it's in comics, television, or the movies. Much to my dislike, this podcast is the place to get information and reviews from fellow fans without forced bias coming from sinister corporate overloads. Talk about Mr. Sinister. Did you say overloads? Overlords. I said overlords because I can read. Except Monster Energy Drink. Because we love this shit. I put that shit on everything. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, some feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at mutants underscore musings underscore podcast. We want to hear from you, the listeners, because we love the X-Men and we want to share that love with you beyond reasonable doubt. Now, on this one monthly podcast, again, I can read... And because we love you, we want to remind you that, first, we're just friends, so don't get any funny ideas. But second, we curse a fuckload. So send the youngins to bed and tell them if they don't stay there, Santa's going to cancel Christmas and it's going to be your fault, Ryan. Here's a side note. Santa isn't real. It's your parents. So there goes the holidays. Your parents aren't real, Ryan. They're Santa Claus. Your parents are fake. (coughs) Fake news. You were adopted. Okay, so hi, I'm here. We're just recovering from some existential dread about the State of the Union, <laughs> but, uh... You mean the State of the Confederacy? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We want to kind of continue what we were talking about last month, because, uh, we finished up Mojo Worldwide this month. Let me be the first to say thank God. Wait, I... you don't want to take a romantic vacation to Mojo World? I'll take a romantic vacation to your Mojo World, Ooh. which I call your... But, but I'm editing that out. Uh, yeah, so I, it seems that some people have been really happy with this crossover. I ha- there personally, are? personally haven't. I mean, it's not the most awful thing that I've read, certainly. What is the most awful thing that you've read? Uh, Just top of your head. Don't even think. I, I, I can't. I have, to, I have to think. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. The monster hasn't kicked in yet. Oh, my God. Catcher in the Rye. Let's see. What's been really, what have you read that's been really bad? Catcher in the Rye. No, what comic book have you read that's been really bad? <laughs> Harley Quinn was really awful. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Harley Quinn was really fucking bad. Yeah. Talk so, about, like, no point to living, no point to reading this comic, no point of this comic existing, Oh, uh, no stakes. New Suicide Squad. When the Suicide Squad in the New 52 I thought was pretty good, and then they decided to do New Suicide Squad. New, and New 52. Add in a couple of characters that were going to be in the movie, and then it was just like the worst fucking thing I ever wasted money on. So, so there you go. Uh, so those are a couple of the worst things that we've read. Um, and this isn't one of them, but it's still not very good. Uh, X-Men Gold number 15 opened up with a great panel with Moonstar dressed up in her Asgardian shit. That's and, cultural appropriation. And, and Ink and uh, Rockslide. Rocksteady. And yeah, and I was very happy to see all of them, and then we never saw them again. Um, bum, bum, bum. So yeah, it was just a lot more mindless action. 
that nobody really cared about except you know the one uh the one scene where magneto was fighting apocalypse and that was really badass and he shoots all these fucking things at him and it was all these fucking things all these fucking things that's literally the writing on the fucking page it was fantastic piece of writing and you know i wanted to see more of that i really did i wanted to see more of magneto and polaris and danger taking the fight to all these fucking like simulations and whatever and it was just way too brief i like how Shadowcat left young gene in charge and then there was a double fastball special with uh you know old man logan and jimmy that was a lot of fun um, and then, you know, by the end of the issue, they reach Mojo's control room and there are all these images from the past stories. And it looks like the actual art from those issues from, you know, over the years. And Gene is like, we're the X-Men. We don't crack. And like the issue's over. Can I so, just like nothing really happened that I cared about. Something that I cared about was the double fastball special because we turned the one ball into two balls. So now we have two balls for DP for DP. For DP. The, uh, the DB. The, the, the Deadpool. DBs, the DB is going to be in the DP. The double balls are going to... Oh. Double, oh. 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 How, how are you going to put your balls up somebody's asshole? I don't know. That's just Google rude. it. No. Right. Live no, time. No, Real time. No, We're Googling no. that. No. <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. Stay in your room. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so yeah, alright, so X-Men Blue number 15 was a, a bit better. First of all, the art, uh, Jorge Molina is fantastic artist. I, I love this. Stop hitting on him. I'm getting jealous. <laughs> and yeah, so the, so the, so the X-Men win. The X-Men win because Danger, Magneto, and what? Polaris come to the rescue and they create an EM pulse that shuts down Mojo's network. And then those big crystal spire things disappear. Yeah, but Magneto, uh, Magneto. Uh, Mojo still manages to, you know, make his way into the real world, and then it, you know, kind of just his whole thing is over with. And so this was like really the only good part of the entire fucking crossover was after it's like all done, police are showing up, bystanders are there, Shadowcat confronts Magneto and just fucking lays into him, and somebody called her out on it and was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, by the way, this this guy saved you from." floating away in endless space yeah she's just so pissed at him that like you know and like he pretended for, for to be being alive yeah like he pretended to be dead and like the young x-men have been working with him and it's hilarious because she goes on like this huge rant and almost the entire time he's just standing there silently with like his arms folded you can't even see his face but you know he's giving her like the best old man bitch face and uh, it was, it was fucking amazing. I loved every second of that. And it really felt like that was the whole purpose of this story was for everyone to find out that Magneto wasn't dead the whole time. And I just want to say this though, like, I don't feel like he was dead for, like, I don't feel it like. It was so fucking anticlimactic <clears throat> because there was such a huge build to it. Then he's like, okay, well, now I'm dead. And, you know, he partnered with whoever the fuck. I can't even remember. Uh, was it triage or something? No, it was uh, um, Elixir. Elixir, whatever the fuck. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, he, like, partnered with them. And, like, I guess Elixir owed him a favor or something. And Elixir yeah, was like... Elixir was like, "Oh, never! This is this is it. We're done. I don't I don't know you shit after this." Yeah. So, so that was. It seemed like it was going to be like a big deal when he came back, and there was going to be like a big event for him to come back. And I guess there was an event, but it wasn't a big event, and it didn't really matter. Right. And I'm like, 
that seemed like a waste of a favor, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, he could have at least gotten a couple of dick pics out of it or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. You ever seen a golden dick? I've never seen a golden I dick. I have never seen a golden dick. No homo? Uh, I'd like to, I, I would look at one once in my life. Okay. So that would be like the ultimate golden shower then. A golden, oh, golden pee coming from a I golden dick. I like the way dick. you're thinking. All right. Golden dick, golden shower. Let's Google that nope, really quick. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, so like that that's the thing. I'm I'm happy that uh this happens that they know that Magneto wasn't dead, but it happened too soon. They could have like like you were saying, like they could have built up to this a bit more instead of throwing this at the end of Mojo Worldwide. This was fucking this this went over six issues. This did not need to be a six issue story arc, two, three max. It just wasn't a big event, you know? I mean, like I said, it was fun, but for a crossover, I just, you know, I just was hoping for a lot more. And uh, and then Longshot, like, just went back. Yeah. Like, he and, didn't even stay here. And why was Spiral even in there? Like, I, give me more Spiral. Who fucking knows? Like, I, I like Spiral. She got lots of arms. She can she do does. lots of things she at, got at so the same time. Uh, so lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> Spiral doing things to people. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> way to go uh all right so anyway yeah so uh so anyway yeah 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 we're gonna be talking about the all new wolverines yeah number 27 yeah. which is a lucky number so because uh, that's jonathan's birth date. Uh, don't give out my personal information <laughs> i don't want people stealing my identity yeah so this this was a great issue even though a lot of it was predictable you know deken is flipping out that the orphans of x are watching laura he was the one who had seen their house and everything on the TV. You know, Laura didn't know that she was being recorded. Yeah, no, that that's true. But still, like, like I, we were talking about this. We, a bunch of things that happened, we were talking about this, like, last month. And I'm like, all right, all this shit actually happened. But this was crazy. Like, he actually shoots Sarah after Laura and, like, Gabby are trying to calm him down. And I'm like... That seems more like to Ken. Not this, I'm trying to be helpful. Yeah. More like, I'm going to shoot your mom. Yes. Like, that's a Ken thing to like, do. Like, I will go into your mother's house, or I will go into your house and kill your mother. And and there's this really cool, like, action sequence. It's a really gross and bloody fight with Laura slashing the shit out of him and Gabby jumping at him. And, like, you know, fucking, it turns out that Sarah was this robot thing. And Zaken could tell because her heartbeat didn't change when he pointed the gun at her. Like, all that fucking tension made this wonderful. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing that I think that, um, obviously Laura could have picked up on the same thing, yeah. even if it wasn't, like, a gun. Like, you know, she could have, uh, you know, she should have had other signs that, like, her heartbeat was too mm -hmm. consistent or, like, whatever type of things that bodily functions that i can't think of right now that are normal but you know laura was Pissing. too close yeah <laughs> golden shower <laughs> <laughs> laura was too close to it and so it totally was awesome that ken did it uh i was a little upset to see him fighting with his siblings you know we just got that in the new thor movie there's a lot of sibling fighting you know as mean but, yeah, uh, and then we got, you know, other kinds of sibling things going on on The Gifted, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Just want to mention fucking Deken's shirt, <laughs> which was fucking amazing. It was. Said strong girl. I want that shirt. <laughs> you know who should wear that shirt? Strong guy. Yes. I was, <laughs> I was thinking that. 
it was pink, right? And yeah, it was he, pink. Yeah, and he was missing his arm, so you got yep. to see the little nub. That's fucking ableist of you. Listen, you of all people, <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you though. Deken was like removed enough from his feelings about this situation where he would look for something like that, and Laura was way too, and Gabby, and the, you know they were all way too close to it except for Deken. Anyway, this uh, this goes into Captain Marvel knows where the fucking um, Muramasa blade is, and. <laughs> I, I do call bullshit on this though. Like the orphans of X, they're like all over the fucking place, and they're just uh, they're they're working with each other really quick, communicating. Like, all right, we got to find Captain Marvel. All right, let's go get her. Uh, Captain Marvel's pretty strong, bitch, and they just throw some girl out of a plane in this big fucking Gundam suit who's gonna go fight Carol. And like, really? I, I don't believe that Carol's gonna be taken out that easily. But you know, orphans of X now have the sword and. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's the thing, because uh, when Dekan first got into the apartment, he, and, you know, and killed the fucking Laura's mom, he asked, he's like, did you tell her where the Muramasa blade is? Yeah. Like, do you, who have you told? Like, who knows where it is? And she said, uh, only Captain Marvel knows. It's the only person I told, and she's going to uh, go get it. Yeah. Like, so she's, like, digging it up from a grave. Yeah. Which I think was Sarah Kinney's grave, right? No, it was, uh, oh, I didn't see that headstone. Um, it was, uh, Wolverine's mom. Oh, okay. It's got all of these, uh, like broken up into pieces, this sword. But I think why they got the upper hand on Carol was because they had the element of surprise. Yeah, I guess that could work. You know, you randomly walk up to somebody. No, I'm sorry. You randomly drop out of the sky and punch somebody in the face. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good surprise. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that on April Fool's Day. (laughs) I'm going to fucking go skydiving and I'm just going to fucking land on someone, punch them in the face. Boom. So something that we found yesterday was that skydiving costs between $60 and $100 an hour. No, well, that's to do the, the oh, floaty, that's to do thing, the floaty the, thing. The floaty what thing about, and the contraption. Okay, so we don't, we here at Geekade <laughs> do not know how much skydiving costs. But, but if you guys find out, let us know. Yes, you can leave us and a message. We'll, <laughs> we'll start a crowdfund page so you can, uh, you can pay for me to go skydiving. Yay! Right? We'll record. I'll record midair because Patty's not doing it. I'm but not I'll doing do it. it. I'll record midair. On no, the way down. I would be too scared. You can. We can get another microphone. You record from the ground. No, I, I don't from want the air. you to we, get. <laughs> I don't want you to get hurt. Anyway, so I think uh, obviously I've been saying this. Tom Taylor is doing a fan fucking tastic yes, job he on is. this. I, I do have to say this, and um, not like he's going to listen and be mad at me. Anyway, I don't feel like his plots are necessarily too original. You know, we've wow, got we've got rude. we've got more clones. We've got space. Listen. We've got these orphans of X. Listen, um, they're all based off of Listen. like tropes. But you're a trope. <laughs> what? <laughs> he just does such a damn good job of writing and making it feel like original that I don't even care. He's just doing an amazing job with these characters. Antelope trope. <laughs> That's something that I just thought of, and we can hashtag it and get some um, antelope. Instagram accounts to follow us. We got some opossum groups to follow us. Yeah, by us. the way, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, because, follow us. Because now we have uh, possum Instagrammers following us, which is fantastic. So I posted a couple of images from an issue of Generation X where Nature Girl is like hanging out with the possums. And I decided to hashtag possum in it because I thought I was being funny. And we now have a couple of <laughs> possum pages following us. We also have hamster pages following us too. 
because whatever. Why am I rambling on? Wait, why are there hamster pages following us? All right, so there was that fuck. There was that image of Deadpool that I fucking love from Deadpool Team Up with the issue where it was Deadpool and Machine Man, and Deadpool has a gun. And he loads, uh, it's a rabbit hamster gun. And he shoots, oh. he shoots the rabbit hamster at Machine Man. <laughs> I posted that picture and hashtagged hamster. We have like four hamster pages <laughs> following us now. I followed a couple of them back, so it's amazing. I get all these comic book images that pop up, and then every once in a while it's just like a little hamster nibbling on some broccoli. <laughs> That's adorable. I love it. I love Instagram. I'm so glad I discovered it. You're welcome, America. Yeah, you discovered it. <laughs> All right. Well, who are you? Fucking, so, uh, fucking, uh, Al Gore? What? He discovered the internet. <laughs> okay. And, and global warming. That was all Al Gore. Oh, man. Thank you, President Gore. All right. All right. Uh, so moving on to cable number 151. Talking about Gore, <laughs> there, there isn't any. There's. There's these immortal mutants that everyone thought they were dead for like what? over. What? That sounds like it. Uh, what's it called? Axiomoron. An exmoron. Ax. Oxy- I, I'm an exmoron. Ax- oxymoron. I'm a recovering Halitosis. moron. Halitosis. I'm in Morons Anonymous. <laughs> so yeah. So these externals uh, were all like allegedly killed off back in like the late '90s. I think it was '96 or '97. Good years, good years. Um, yeah, so they haven't been a thing in a long time, and there was like the whole a cannonball as an external thing, but apparently that was just a joke. You can read more about that in X Force Volume One. <clears throat> so, uh, so far, this new volume of Cable, even though this is only the well, not really a new volume, but this is only the second issue of the new creative team and already it's like a million times better than yes. the five first issues those were so bad that i know that a lot of people liked but They're stupid i really i love where this is going even though it's sort of it's sort of random cable's recruiting these other mutants uh from like the time stream so cable thought that celine had killed all these externals because that's did. that's what everyone was led to believe in the 90s right but cable is like oh no they're they're alive what's going on so he goes to investigate and is like, well, wait, why are there externals hanging out with Celine if she killed them all? So, yeah. So Cable's like, all right, I don't think Celine did it. And then they all just fucking, like, leave. But this was really interesting. I, I love this. So Celine has got, like, her little external crew on a boat. I knew exactly what was happening because we already knew Blink was going to be in this book. And I'm like... All right, wait a second. So they're on a boat. They're in the middle of the ocean, and this portal opens up, and I'm like, well, fuck, she's going to grab Blink. And that's exactly what happened, but they kind of, like, didn't reveal that until the end of the issue. But I I loved that because I— I did not pick up on that. I remember— I remember sitting in the den when I was like in my house when I was like ten years old, reading the Phalanx Covenant, and I don't know why I thought Blink was like an awesome character, even though she was like really nervous and they weren't doing like a whole Anything. lot with her. Yeah, but she had such a weird power, like visually, and I loved it. And I remember reading like her death, and I was like so upset. So I thought that this was really cool that Celine just like fucking goes in and and you know grabs her and pulls her out of there. So they decide to go visit this external Burke, who I knew nothing about him except that he's a precog and he wants to have tea. And I was like, you know, this was all really cute, this 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 scene, and then it got really creepy because apparently the externals want to die, or at least some of them really want to die. Yeah, Burke wants to die. He wants to die, but he's got all the tea, so I don't know why he wants to die. He's got tea. No tea, no shade. 
<laughs> no woman, no shade. Uh... <laughs> no tea, no cry. Yeah, so they all go to fucking Mongolia, and Longshot finds Blink with Selene, and another external is dead, and so it's like, well, the externals were killed by Selene? And it's, like, confusing and interesting, and I'm not explaining it very well. No, it, all of the all of the externals had at one point died before, yeah. except I don't know if Selene had. I'm, like, blanking right now. No, I'm pretty sure she did, and even, okay. even Burke did, too, but he kept yeah. coming back. He mentioned, like, past centuries he had died a bunch of times, but he kept coming back. Yeah, so we don't know exactly, or at least I don't know exactly uh, how that works. I mean, obviously, they are immortal. They just come back i don't know whatever it's a fucking comic book it's not like it has to be like based in logic or i know anything, and so. comics are stupid anyway comics are stupid who the fuck likes comic books and fucking reads comic books nerds, that's fucking who. nerds <clears throat> fucking nerds you know cable with his team i think it's, he's got a really interesting team that he's putting together dupe is on it yeah I, there was a really funny little sequence of him chasing a butterfly off panels <laughs> I, I hate dupe, but I thought that that was really funny. So yeah, this team he's putting together is interesting. This whole story has me kind of interested. You know, the externals weren't like a huge deal in the 90s, and it was only a thing that was going on for a few years. And then, like we said, they're all dead. So how are they alive now? Why? Why are they partnered with Celine? If she killed them, what the fuck is going on? I'm curious, though. I'm generally, uh, generally, genuinely curious to find out what's going on. And Burke obviously knows something because he tells them, like, I would tell you, but it's going to get in the way of me dying right. and somebody is going to kill me. Goodbye. Which at that point, I would have just sat outside of his house and waited for somebody to show up knowing that. No, so we, I mean, in one of the panels, uh, there was like a hand reaching out from behind him to strangle him, and Brick was just like, thank you. Something stabbed him. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, Thank but, you, sir. Can I have another? Yeah, it was like really quick, though. Uh, I don't know. There are a lot of questions that we have that we can't answer. We literally have no fucking idea. I don't know why, though. I just, I really like where this is going, and I think it's building towards something interesting. Um, I do have mixed feelings on John Malin's art. In my opinion... I can't, and I can't really describe the exact how and why of it, but it seems a little Liefeldian to me in I, a way. Yeah, I could see that. But it's like a little narrower and straighter. It's like not amazing, but it's not bad either. Is uh, it astonishing? Oh man, we make those jokes too often. You make jokes too often. <laughs> Stop it. All right. So, uh, so there you go. So next we got Jean Grey, number nine. More like Jean Bay. Number nine. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I don't care if she's still a ghost. I am fucking loving the Emma and adult Jean dialogue bitch fest that they have with each Me other. Me too, because fuck Emma Frost. In a way, like as this issue progresses, they sort of even bond a little bit. And I love it. Uh, I'm fucking lo loving no. Emma and adult Jean. I ship it. No. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I knew you, yeah. Right. Adult Jean uh, took like a little piece of the phoenix and put it from, from Emma's mind and put it in young Jean. So young Jean like caught on fire and she was like on fire in a hospital. It was funny because the sprinklers went off. And yeah, Emma turned the sprinklers on. Yeah. She's like, I'll be right back. They were, uh, she was like pushing the gurney out. The doctor was just like, oh, you can't take her. She was just on fire. And and was like, don't act like I'm not doing you a favor here. Yeah, like you know you want her out of here. Yeah, and she was like, um, 
called her Mary Matchstick, which I thought was funny because you had just fucking described her as like a Mary Sue character yeah, last episode or, or two episodes ago. That's and what I'm like, people refer to her as who didn't like uh, Jean. Well, now we can call her Mary Matchstick. Yeah, that's a lot better. But I thought this was really interesting because what adult Jean did was such an Emma thing to do. And Emma was says... All it took was death and desperation to turn you into me. And I'm like, boom, there you go. So I thought that was, that was awesome. The like little heart to heart that they have with each other on the fucking plane. And they're talking about, you know, okay, but but wait, what? Because they went to the fucking roof and Emma's just like, I'm going to take this helicopter. Yeah. And ghost Jean was like, no, you're not. They need that to rescue people. And Emma was like, that's what we're trying to do right now. Shut up. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, Jean is giving Emma shit for holding on to a sliver of the Phoenix Force and is like, you know, like, why would you do that? And, like, she she thinks about Scott and she's like, your nightmare was my love story. Oh, my God. That made me so fucking mad. I loved it so much. Why? That's disgusting. Because I love Emma Frost and I love Cyclops and I miss Cyclops. And, I'm glad he's dead. And listen, listen, so here's the thing. Like, we know that they're going to keep Emma a villain for a while. And so this is really interesting to see how she's trying to help young Jean. And she's trying to help the fucking X-Men right now. I think that's really awesome of her. And I think that speaks a lot about how her character has progressed. They didn't just write her as, like, back to fucking, you know, um, lingerie wearing Hellfire Club, like... X-Men, like, number 129, bitch, who was trying to fucking, you know, kidnap all of them. Like, she might be a quote-unquote villain right now, okay? But, like, she's still trying to help them out. And I think that's awesome. And I'm, I love shit like this. I hate Emma, and I thought that what she said about that scene about uh, Jean walking into them while they were, like, psychically fucking was just really, really disgusting and just pushed my hatred for Emma, like overboard so emma gets the cuckoos to help and then quentin choir <laughs> finds them and he's just fucking like nomming on his sandwich and you know gene is still going like young gene is still going fucking crazy on fire and can't contain all his powers so quentin just fires a fucking psychic bullet right through her head you know i'm i'm glad that we're also getting more play for hope summers you know no, uh, Hope got uh, some kind of notification on these, like, interweb computers that she has connected that there was some kind of cosmic force that showed up, like, twice or something, and it was shaped like a bird, and she was like, okay, hold my dog, I'm going to just kick somebody's ass, what the fuck? So she shows up, and she's like, what the fuck is going on, guys? I know that the phoenix is here, what the fuck? The cuckoos were like... You keep saying the Phoenix is here, the Phoenix or the Phoenix is coming, the Phoenix is coming. And Hope was like, No, she said the Phoenix is here and they like turn around and there's the Phoenix. Yeah, um I'm really happy that they're giving Hope some more play because I feel like she's one of these characters who gets introduced and then is like utilized a lot for a little while and then just gets completely fucking forgotten about. So I love that she's around. I don't know, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. We know that we know that Jean Grey is actually coming back from the dead. I'm excited to see where this goes, but I'm I'm just I really loved this issue. Uh, I really love Jean Grey's solo series so far. I think it's been great, and I'm happy that Emma Frost was in there. So too bad. 
what I've been thinking is that, uh, you know, this Phoenix reappearing is like coinciding strangely at the same time around <laughs> when Jean Grey is going to be coming back. Bullshit. Totally unrelated. Totally. No collusion. Totally. No Russian collusion. No collusion between Jean and the Phoenix. No collusion between Jean and Russia. So, you know, that's kind of what my thinking has been this whole time. Yeah, sure. We shall see. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so do you think that Magneto is the master of magnetism and also master of bitch face? Do you all think that Ken is going to risk an arm and another arm to help Laura? You arm wrestle with that one and we'll be right back. We wish you a merry geekdom. We wish you a merry geekdom. We wish you a merry geekdom from geekade.com. Oh, Geekade, 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 you've got lots of articles and podcasts. Geekade, 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 from much-linked comics and video games. We've got all your nerdy content on Geekade.com. Check out some great original content at Geekade.com this holiday season. And head over to One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook for news, trivia, and apparel to give to the X-Men lover in your life for the holidays. You're my X-Men lover. So, for this month's Mutant Memories, we are going to finish what we started last month with the Dark Phoenix Saga. Dark Phoenix Saga! Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna be covering uh, the final few issues that go into this, which is appropriate. So, Wolverine comes to the X-Men's rescue, which is kind of how we left off last time. It breaks Mastermind's psychic control, and Gene frees everyone. Well, Gene frees Scott, and then Scott frees the rest of the X-Men. And this issue dove into a lot of intense action sequences. I loved the fights and John Byrne's art, and I don't feel like we get fights like this in X-Men books much at all anymore. I feel like today it's more like bigger illustrations, like on a page, and back then like there were definitely more panels, but you got more of a fight over the, uh, the course of those extra panels than you do today well the thing also was back then um especially in the first run of it there were a lot of panels that didn't have any backgrounds they were just colored red or yellow there's so much dialogue yeah so um (laughs) like even during this phoenix saga like the backgrounds weren't like as detailed that's and true. everything yeah, as i can see yeah. so i mean i feel like it's probably a similar <clears throat> amount of work you know there are all these background details and it makes it feel more realistic than just like uh you know some kitschy little fucking what's the word campy nonsense that's like feels like a comic book like you read comic <laughs> like seriously if you read like new comics okay there would be like fucking dupe or whatever but like you feel like it could really like happen, like you know, like you're there. No, I, I, I get, I get at least part of what you're saying because, like, I'm thinking about it now, and there are a couple of panels that are gorgeously detailed that, like, John Byrne did, even, yeah. even in this, even in this story arc where they're in space and like the ships and the stars and planets and shit like that, but it doesn't happen too often. I feel like I could be wrong. I feel like we both could be wrong, but this is. I don't know. I think we're both kind of on to something that the art style has changed a lot over the years, not just by like the individual's art style, but just what they actually do on a page. 
And it's just, it's something I found myself noticing a lot as I was like rereading the Dark Phoenix saga. But anyway, uh, what was really badass was fucking Gene destroying Mastermind's mind. Yes. Mastermind, more like vegetable mind, because he was fucking like drooling on himself by the end of it. I thought I'm that vegan. was fantastic. I'm vegan. Am I a vegetable mind? <laughs> I don't know if there's a right way to answer that. Am I a mind vegetable? So I'm going to say I love you instead. <laughs> okay, that's sweet. I love you too. Okay. So, like, you know, everybody retreats from the Hellfire Club, but all of a sudden, boom, Jean transforms boom. into fucking Dark Phoenix. Because, of course, she does. And everybody starts fighting, and it's just fucking pathetic. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> you literally made that joke, like, a year ago on this what? podcast. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah. You're full of dicks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? Why do you say... Why? <laughs> There's only a couple of places that they could go. <laughs> and and they're you're awful. You're sitting next to me. Where do you see any? I see zero vacancies for dicks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I'm too tired for this. The monster still hasn't kicked in yet. Yeah, so she fights all the fucking X-Men, beats them all, and then flies into space and fucking eats a fucking planet and then eats some Shi'ar people. And fucking Lalandra, like, gets word of that and she's angry. Bitch. Yeah. So anyway, they, they, they cut to this fucking, they cut to this scene where Jean comes back to Earth and she's like visiting her family and being really fucking creepy. You know, her family is rightfully scared of her. And she's like having all like these inner thoughts and not saying anything. And I'm like looking at these panels because, you know, there was, again, at this point, there was still a lot of dialogue, not quite as much as there was in the 60s, but still a lot of words on each fucking panel. And she's like, has this internal monologue with herself and her face keeps changing. And I'm thinking like, what are her parents thinking right now? Like as her faces are changing, like Jean, Jean, you've, you've just been walking around the house silently making faces for 10 minutes. Like is something, is everything okay? Like, hon, you look like you need to eat. No, I just ate a planet. Shut up, mom. No, she was, she was looking into the camera. So. It was like, you know, you know, those scenes in like uh, plays where they look towards the audience and the rest of the people in the in the in the show on the stage, they like freeze. And then they like that one person will talk to the audience. That's that's kind of what I thought. So, yeah. And then she fucking turns a plant into crystal and like the parents are scared. And I'm like, why do you know how much that plant is fucking worth Mm. now? How much money you can make off of that? Uh, and so the X-Men come by and get their asses beat again, and then Professor X fights her and wins. They don't, they can't just, like, beam themselves home and, like, have everything be okay. is like, uh, no, Jean Grey ate our people, so we've got to kill her. So then Xavier challenges Lalandra to a duel, and so fucking, you know, everybody's fighting. Don't make that joke again. You don't make a joke. <laughs> So the X-Men have to fight the Imperial Guard, and, you know, again, lots of awesome, great, fucking action sequences and gene's all like oh the phoenix is gone everything's fine we don't have to worry about anything anymore she's even wearing her old marvel girl uniform until scott gets slapped across the face and then gene loses her shit yeah so after scott gets hit you know phoenix is back and the x-men all start fucking fighting her again and she's crying and now she's begging to be killed and she fucking brings Scott into this cave with her, and this huge laser cannon rises from the ground, shoots her, and disintegrates her, and then the Watcher is there, and monologues, and boom, sad ending. So yeah, so that was, that was, uh, that was the next time Jean Grey died. 
<laughs> that was already the second time Jean Grey died. Uh, no, what I thought was interesting about all this, though, is, uh, I, first of all, I thought it was a great story. Second of all, I feel like this was, like, the first time the X-Men were really fighting one of their own. What I thought was kind of dumb, though, was in, like, the final the final issue, sort of, kind of like the send-off issue of this whole thing. They gave her a headstone. They gave Jean a headstone saying that she was born in 1956. I guess they weren't thinking about it back then. Like, hey, we probably shouldn't date these things because it's going to be awkward, like, 30 years from now. And spoilers, it's really awkward 30 years from then. Like, I get she was supposed to be, all right, like, 24 back then. But, you know, she's 60 now. Yeah, and also the first issue came out in 1963. Yeah. So she would have been seven. Right. Yeah, but this, uh, so this final issue, uh, was just basically a recap of literally everything the X-Men had done, and then Scott leaves the team. Sad face. Yeah, that was the one with the cover with him, with that, um, like, sack full of stuff. There's a name for it, the thing that the hobos carry, but I forget. Testicles. No, no, um, so that's the cover where he's walking away with the garbage bag full of stuff, and then there's a, a an ad for Toys R Us across the cover. It said, this comic can be worth $5,000 to you. Yeah, way to go, Toys R Us. Now guess who's going bankrupt? Oops! All right. It was all because of that fucking giveaway. Yeah, it was. So, so yeah. So, Dark Phoenix Saga was, uh, was a great story, you know, and the timing of this that we decided to talk about, it just kind of worked out. Because, again, this was like the second time that Jean Grey died, and guess what? She's coming back from the dead. Because we're moving on to some news now. And uh, we're getting a new title in a, in a couple months called X-Men Red. And uh, who does, uh, who's leading X-Men Red? Who's leading X-Men Red? Um, you know, it would be good if it was somebody with red hair. Storm. Red, Storm with red hair would be stupid. She's got white hair. No, it's Jean. It's Jean, everybody. Everybody, Jean is reading red. Long shot. Stop. <laughs> so uh i was like we had seen like a teaser of like um silhouettes behind gene of who was gonna be on the team and then they were like oh we're slowly going to release the team members like one by one or whatever and we saw a braid and my first thought was rachel okay so that makes sense because rachel is gene's daughter and x-men red she got red hair perfect really you thought rachel yeah, because she had some kind of braid from her hel- uh, yeah. her um, hound costume. I mean, a long time ago, but yeah. I'm surprised. I, I, and, and when I, I posted uh, an image of this on one of the groups, and a lot of people thought that it was going to be Moonstar, yeah. myself included. I thought it was going to be, I was hoping it was going to be Moonstar. Yeah, after you said Moonstar, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense, because Rachel hasn't had her hair like that in, like, decades. Right. But it's not either of them. Surprise. It's a new character named Trinary. Yeah. Uh, so we have revealed it's going to be uh, Nesno, Lori, and Gabba. Lori, Laura. Lori and Gabba. Lori, <laughs> Lori and Yo Gabba Gabba. Lor- That's going to be her code name. Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabby. Stop yelling in my ear. <laughs> I'll whisper in your ear. Yo Gabba Gabba. Shut, shut up. So, also on this team, we have Namor, Nightcrawler, and uh, a quote-unquote fan favorite, who they have yet to reveal. Yeah. Uh, And they're not all going to be immediately placed on the team. So, Trinary is Indian, not Native American, but, like, 
you know, from India. India. So she's going to get her origin in X-Men Red number two. She's going to be a technopath. And this is going to be Tom Taylor doing the writing and uh, Mahmood Asrar on art. Tom Taylor posted something on Twitter along the lines of like, oh, I think it's time for a new technopath or whatever. And uh, somebody posted it on one of the X-Men groups that we're on and people were like, what about Sage? What about Cypher? What about... Nobody's... Literally nobody says... Okay, nobody Cypher. says... Nobody said Cypher, but I was thinking Cypher. I mean, he's not He's not even technically... A, he's not a technopath. I know he's not like, a technopath, no, I, but I get, he could function as one. I get what you're saying, but really people were kind of just ranting like, oh, there have been so many technopaths that don't get used anymore. And yeah. We just, and and, and I, I get where they're coming from. Absolutely. We just got one a few years ago that functioned a little bit differently than I think what they're going for here. You know, we got, uh, what's his name? David Bond, who is Hijack. And oh, his, right. his, his thing was... Cars. And yeah, it was vehicles, vehicles. Which was really interesting. That was an interesting spin on it. And I think Trinary is going to be a little bit more all-encompassing with her technopathy, but... Technopathy. Yeah, I mean, technopath, technopathy, that's got to be... I know, but it sounds weird. <clears throat> I know, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested... But a lot of people are making this point that what they do is they introduce, like, a few new characters, and they're used consistently for a little while, and then they get shoved over to the wayside. That sounds like something that you mentioned, like, 23 minutes ago. Yeah, uh, with Hope, yeah. Uh, with the lights, even more so, um, with some of the kids from New X-Men Academy, that yeah, Academy, Academy X, X. turned into New X-Men, just a bunch of them. The, that uncanny team that Cyclops was leading up until he died. You know, these characters are, are ones who don't get too much play anymore. And, like, now we're creating new characters? I, I don't know. I, I'm... Ugh. I, I feel like, you know, like, if you're going to be, like... Okay, I understand exactly what you're saying. But I feel like as an X-Men writer and uh, Tom Taylor has been working on all-new Wolverine. He's been the writer the whole time. And... You know, I feel like that's part of the dream, like the X-Men dream that you get to create an X-Men. And well, he created Gabby, though. I, yeah, he did create Gabby, but I feel like it's different to have like an actual like X-Men character, you know, not just uh, like another clone of a clone of Wolverine. I get you. No, I, I and, <clears throat> and I get that. You know, I mean, like I said, I've been seeing a lot of negativity surrounding this. I've seen some positivity, and I'll, I'm one who is trying to stay positive about this too, even though I get what those the naysayers are saying. It's it's fine. Uh, I'm excited because, <clears throat> as I was gushing about him before, Tom Taylor's doing a fucking great job on all-new Wolverine, so no shit Marvel gave him this one. I think he's going to do a great job. Some other news that came out of this is, yeah, Laura and Gabby are going to be part of this team. What I don't know is if, like, the Wolverine title is going to change or if they're going to be on, like, in both issues. But apparently, Gabby is going to get a code name in all-new Wolverine number 27 or 28. Apparently, Tom Taylor couldn't even remember which one. So I think that's that's cute, too. I thought it was really funny, actually. Somebody suggested uh, the code name Prick. I thought that was fucking amazing. Toothpick was another one. Yeah, Toothpick. Um, that was cute. Stabby Gabby. Yeah. That was good. Um, so while we're, you know, getting X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue and now X-Men Red, I'm just throwing this out there. How about an X-Men Ruby Quartz? No. Or an X-Men Diamond, nope. please? We could do X-Men Pink and just have Quentin Quar and Pixie. Right. And, uh, and Psylocke. And Psylocke? Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. True. True. And Gambit. 
and Gambit, yeah. Yeah, all right. All right. Moving on, uh, we're getting some new, new mutants. New, new, all new, new. New, new. New mutants. So this just, uh, this story just broke yesterday. I was very excited to see this. It's going to be a limited series, um, New Mutants Dead Souls, written by Matt Rosenberg, who has been writing some stuff at Marvel and has been pretty good so far. Um, apparently this, obviously, the name Dead Souls, it delves into the supernatural, and this is from Comic Book Resources, is um, each issue featuring a standalone story in which the group confronts quote-unquote things that go bump in the night. Founding member Karma summons fellow New Mutants alum Magic, Wolfsbane, Richter, and Boom Boom, along with X-Factor veteran Strong Guy, but readers are left to wonder whether she has more in mind than protecting the innocent from the forces of darkness. I'm excited about this. I love the New Mutants. Um, I have since I was a kid. I love this cast of characters, and uh, yeah, I, I think this is uh, I think this is going to be interesting. Obviously, this is to coincide with the movie that's coming out in April. What? Like, no. no shit. That's, that's why they're cynical. doing this. But it's interesting that they're not sticking with the cast of, like, the movie. They're not putting the comic book counterparts exactly in this book. Or even, like, all of the <clears throat> original members. Right. I'm I'm happy to see Richter, Boom Boom, and Strong Guy as a part of this. So I'm really curious to see where this goes. So I am really interested in this, especially because uh, we have not seen, like, any karma in such a long time. It feels like... I haven't seen her in, like, years from yeah. what I can remember. Yeah. You know, and they did something so cool to her. You know, they made her disabled, which is, like, amazing because we don't have enough disabled characters in comics. She's a lesbian and she's Vietnamese. Like, come on, man. Like, she's, like, the fucking epitome of, like, representation. And I love her. Yeah, she's... she's And she's a badass. She is a badass. I, and she's a woman. <clears throat> I read, uh... I decided to read her first appearance not too long ago just because I realized I never had before because, you know, obviously a lot of the original New Mutants, their first appearance was in Marvel graphic novel um, from 1982. You know, that was the first appearance of the New Mutants. Except for Karma. She first appeared in Marvel Fanfare, uh, number 100, I think. And so I decided to read that issue and it was pretty fucking dark. I loved it. It was it was perfect. She's a she is a badass character and she's come a long way over the years and yeah, I completely agree with you. Since uh this volume of Astonishing X-Men um from the oh fuck, when was it? The late 2000s, early 2010s, I don't even remember off the top of my head which volume that was where she was used semi-regularly there. We haven't seen too much of her over like the past 5 years or so. I think that this is cool. She's going to have, I think, a small appearance in the movie. They're going. It seems like they're going with a horror theme for this miniseries. And obviously the movie is supposed to be like horror themed. So it's all sort of tying in together. But um, I hope that this is successful enough and they make a ongoing out of it. Yeah, me too. I really miss uh, the New Mutants uh, series. Uh, the second and third one were not nearly as good as the first series. Right. Especially the third one I thought was really bad. Oh, I liked it. It wasn't as good, but nah. But I love magic. She's like my third favorite character uh, from the X-Men, and uh, so that makes me really happy. Boom Boom also one of my favorite characters, and Strong Guy as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Yeah, uh, same. So, uh, moving on, we got a few more episodes of The Gifted. I thought, 
I swear to God, I had read that there was only going to be like eight episodes for its pilot season, but apparently it's 13 episodes. So yeah, this show has still, I think, has still been really good. I'll be completely honest, it feels like the story is starting to go a little off the rails. I don't feel like this... On a crazy train? This... I don't feel like this series is going to, or this even this like pilot season is going to end up being really shitty. It just feels like it's gotten a little off the rails, like I said. Like a little too much is sort of like going on and like... I don't know. The story is just taking these weird paths, but it's still it's still a good show. I'm st- still really digging it. I love when they capture Agent Turner and Polaris is choking him and beautiful dreamer makes him think that his daughter was still alive. So he had to go home and relive that pain. I don't think that that's what she meant to do. I think she was just <clears throat> trying to get thoughts from him and just like did that unintentionally i don't care that was still fucking amazing it was amazing uh because he deserved it and his kid deserved it too like they kind of try to make him a sort of relatable character and they do no they don't yeah they do they gave him the wife they gave him the kid they gave him the kid that died that's the purpose of that even if some viewers don't look at that and say oh i get where he's coming from that was the purpose of doing that and like you some viewers are gonna look at that and be like fuck that guy he deserves to die anyway and like me i'm just like I get where he's coming from, but I still want to see Polaris choke him. And that's exactly what happened. It was a beautiful moment. Beautiful moment for a beautiful dreamer. Right. And, you know, Polaris comes back to the mutant underground as being all badass and is trying to fucking train all of these kids. And it's really, really fucking cool. I really don't like what's going on with Eclipse, though, and this former, forty former lady friend of his. I think that's kind of shitty i know they're trying to set up more drama between these characters especially since he's got a baby on the way with polaris but it's i kind of like seeing him cut loose a little bit and enjoy burning things because pyro is my favorite character so i say let shit burn but um i don't like how he's upsetting his girlfriend same that makes me mad Eclipse is like being really shady about it and not telling <laughs> Eclipse, Eclipse is being shady. <laughs> oh man. You can't script that shit, folks. You can't. So uh Polaris is like, okay, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because he said he's gonna get supplies, so like a good girlfriend, I'm going to call the place he's getting supplies from and check to make sure he's there. And <laughs> like a good trusting girlfriend, I'm gonna stalk him. No, she wasn't stalking him. She I, had I, <laughs> she had total reason to believe that he was lying to her, and he was. You know what? Calm so, down. Stop yelling in my ear. I was joking. Fine. But I'm <laughs> going to call the place you're getting supplies from, just to make sure. Wait, what? What supplies do I get? You get coffee. Right, go ahead. Call Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> so she like was like, oh, fuck no. This guy's up to something. So he has his little, like, fucking, I don't know, angel or something necklace. And uh, when he was doing uh, crimes, he used to take it with him. And so she looked for it, and it was missing. And she was like, this motherfucker, I'm going to rip his balls off and eat them. Yep. That's what she said. Totally sounds like a Polaris thing to say. Yeah. So something else that was interesting that I assume has happened since last month the fucking dad guy and Eclipse uh, broke into the facility, stole the hard drives from uh, fucking Sentinel Services, mm-hmm. and uh, they had, um, you know, Sage look at them and try getting information, and 
there was information about mutants who, like Pulse, who were... Um, oh, yeah, turned into basically... Basically turned into hounds. Yeah, basically turned into They're hounds. Like and there was another... Uh, on the other computer file, it had lists of, like, criminals or uh, mutants with criminal records. Oh, and uh, this fucking thing. You're going to talk about Wes? Yeah. The illusion guy? Yeah, the illusion uh, guy. Okay, so fucking... he was... Uh, yeah. He was into uh, the main girl, daughter girl, uh, blonde's daughter girl, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Lauren. Yeah, Lauren, <laughs> and he uh, was like, she said, like, oh, I want to go to Milan or something, and then he like creates an illusion of Rome or something to like make her feel yeah. happy. Yeah. It was it was cute or whatever, and then fucking dad guy comes and like confronts <laughs> him, and he's like, oh, I have a file here about how you stole some stuff or whatever, and. <clears throat> This, like, handsome fucking illusion guy is like, oh, well, you don't know what it's like. You know, my parents kicked me out. I was, like, living out of a dumpster. Sad, depressing orphan story. Yeah. Et cetera. Which, like, I totally understand. And after, um, you know, I found that he had a a file, I'm like, good. He should be a criminal because fuck the society he's living in. (laughs) He should steal from everybody. He should be... Going around and, like, breaking bank windows and taking his hard-earned cash. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> I don't... Why are you trying to incite a riot? Like, it, what the fuck? This is in this fictional universe. <laughs> all right. He, he deserves to have all the money from the bank because of how society is treating him. Listen, I, I get... All right. I get what you're saying. And, and, and I feel like that's what the show is trying to do. It's trying to take these societal norms and, like, flip it on its head, which it doesn't really do a good job of, like, weaving into the story. It kind of, like, we to- we we were actually uh, guests on another podcast recently, and we were talking about that. One of the, the hosts of this week's episode was saying how, like, you know, how just, like, the theme of, like, being a mutant, being, like, an analogy for being gay or any other sort of minority is so obvious in this show. It's It's the same thing with Wes, you know what I mean? It's, like... You know, looking at poor people, those who are different, you know, and cast out from society. And I and I get that. And what was interesting, too, was like, I know how much you hated the dad, um, Reed, in like the first few episodes and just wanted so many bad things to happen to him. He's really not such a bad guy. He is a bad guy. I want him to die. He's not a bad guy. He's a bad dad. He confronted Wes about it because he knows Wes is interested in his daughter, but he didn't tell anybody. He could have gotten Wes kicked out of there because the kid was being dishonest and trying to hide this, but he left it up to the kid to come clean and do the right thing. And the kid did. And Lauren and Wes still seem to be into each other. So yay, happy story. And, yeah, he had they had to move him from that facility to another one. So they, that romance is pretty much dead because they have no means of contacting each other. Oh yeah, and then the the last episode that uh, we saw was when they get the get to the big reveal of um, the Strucker's past. Find out about Andrea and Andreas and that Reed's dad uh was a mutant and that andrea and andreas were uh reed's grandparents and that reed was actually a mutant and that his dad worked for trask industries and managed to suppress his mutant gene and they're talking about how andy and lauren's powers and how they function and you know have they ever held hands yeah have they ever like touched or whatever and you know fucking sentinel services comes and finds them in the antique shop and uh, fucking grandpa uses mutant power to explode and kill a whole bunch of them. 
in order for Thunderbird and Reed to get away. Yeah, so now we know that this is like a family connection. Yeah, who's been saying that since the fucking beginning? Yeah, no. Before the show even came out. I was like, <laughs> it's going to be the Fenris twins. Yeah. Uh, so that's really, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where, where that goes, how they do this, because the end of the episode, it's a little corny, you know, Andy and Lauren are holding hands and whatever the fuck. So what actually happens? Like in the comics, like they touch and they can shoot energy beams. Okay. But it seems like to me, each one of their individual powers is stronger than that. You know, Lauren kind of functions almost like skids. And it seems like Andy functions similarly to Avalanche mixed with Banshee in that he kind of <laughs> yells when he rips shit apart. Also, Andy's hair makes it look like a helmet and Avalanche wears a helmet. So there's that connection. Am I right? No. <laughs> no, I thought it was more like Havoc's power, except it's from his hands because he can't control it. And he gets angry, like havoc. So there you go. There's your connection. And uh, also, yeah. uh, he has he has hair, and yeah. uh, havoc has hair. Pretty so. unique. Yeah, getting angry and having hair are things that are pretty unique to havoc. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's what that is. <laughs> what the fuck. All right. Yeah. Oh, and we got uh, we got Esme. All right. She she part of she part of this now. Which I'm happy about, by the way, because I initially thought when when I heard that they're gonna, it was a cuckoo. There was a very brief thing, and this was a few years ago in this miniseries, uh, X Men Chaos War. It was only fucking two issues. Thunderbird and and the two dead cuckoos came back. <laughs> yeah, you okay over there? I tried throwing my phone on the bed so I didn't drop it, and then it just fell from the bed on the floor anyway. So whatever. Great. Sound effects, awesome. Uh, so yeah, so in X-Men Chaos War, uh, Thunderbird came back from the dead, and so did Sophie and Esme Cuckoo, and I couldn't remember which one of those dead cuckoos shared, like, this weird romantic moment with Thunderbird, and I was like, oh god, please no, don't make, like, another female on the show into this guy, like, I get it, everybody on the show is attractive, but there's already enough weird shit going on. But then I remembered that it was Sophie and Thunderbird, and we've got Esme instead. So I don't think anything's going to happen with that. So moving on to the final piece of news that we got, which was really fucking random, but is still kind of exciting. Uh, so James Franco is going to be Jamie Madrox, the multiple man, in a movie. So Simon Kinberg, uh, writer of X-Men The Last Stand, will be producing this um, along with Franco, but the writer of Wonder Woman, which, oh, okay, all right, all right, uh, this guy, Alan Heinberg, so he's going to be writing this movie too. You know, this came out of a collaboration between Franco and Kinberg, apparently worked on The Hardy Men, uh, which Kinberg scripted, I don't really care. I know that James and Dave Franco were just in a movie, The Disaster Artist, which I heard is, was a really great movie. But like I said, like this, this came out of fucking nowhere. What I think is really cool about this, though, is first of all, I think James Franco is a great actor. I think Multiple Man is a great character. And they're apparently going for another R-rated, you know, mutant movie. They've been pretty successful with those so far, and even though there's only been like two of them. 
I think that this has a lot of potential, and I think if they're successful with this, they can expand this into a couple of X-Factor movies. Think about this as like some sort of mutant detective mystery sort of fucking movie, and I think it'll be really cool. Fuck all of this. Good. Uh, no, I mean, I do like James Franco, but like, I never have any expectations for the movies. Uh, they always suck. What and about Logan? Logan was good. Right. But, like, not completely good, especially because I thought it was going to be based on Old Man Logan, and it it wasn't. But, I, I mean, I don't know. The X-Men movies are so bad, and I don't want to see them, like, hurt Jamie. I love him. I don't know. I mean, it's probably going to be bad. <laughs> so, listen, this- I... In, in a way, I'm kind of envious of you because you can go into these things with literally no fucking expectations and come out fine either way. It's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. No, either you're going to come out completely justified and be like, I knew this was going to be a piece of shit, or you're going to walk out and be like, yeah, that wasn't so bad. Hey, listen, we can't all have your cheerful optimism. No, but like, you know, that kind of sucks sometimes because... I went in to say, like, we've talked about this before. I went into X-Men Apocalypse not expecting a whole lot, and it was still fucking disappointing. I still felt bad after I walked out of that movie because it was so bad. Whereas Logan, I had slightly higher expectations, and I'm glad that at least I felt that that was a fucking amazing movie because, you know, that that would have been a really big fucking letdown. To me, it's kind of promising that they've got this great actor, that they're going for the R rating, and that they have, like, again, this guy, Alan Heinberg, I don't, I don't remember looking up any other shit that he's worked on, but to be fair, Wonder Woman wasn't a bad movie. It It was kind of bad. No, I thought Wonder Woman was okay. And I don't, I I don't know. I, I think this is, again, this is interesting. If it doesn't work out, well, fuck, it doesn't work out, but I think it's interesting. So that'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and remember, leave us a like and a comment on geekade.com, one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, some feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram. What do you think of an R-rated multiple man movie? Is Gifted the gift that keeps on giving, or is it time to re-gift? Join us next month when we discuss Days of Future Past, hopefully gush and maybe squirt a little over the first issue of Phoenix Resurrection. Until next time! Mary Matchstick was right. Okay.